When I was a kid, my favorite place in the whole wide world was my grandparents' camp on Coal River in West Virginia. And there's something we used to do in that river that, as I look back on it now, reminds me a whole lot of Easter. And that's what this episode is all about. This is Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. And I'm your host, Greg McCollum. I'm going to tell you a story. A story that will inspire you and help you move closer to God through the small stuff in your life. A story to give you a glimpse of God that will surprise you with its simplicity and amaze you with its message. When I was a kid growing up in West Virginia, my grandparents had a cinder block cabin on Coal River, which they owned. We called it camp. There was no heat in the winter, just a fireplace. No air conditioning in the summer, just box fans. No running water either, just an outhouse. When I was younger, we had a Johnny That's what we called it, a Johnny, not an outhouse. But we had a Johnny that was made out of wood. Later, we upgraded to an aluminum one, but I always liked the wood one better. We would catch rain in two barrels, which were ingeniously mounted one on top of the other and connected to the gutter on the roof so that when it rained, that water would trickle down into those barrels and fill them up with rainwater. And so at the bottom, there was a spigot, and uh, when you would turn that knob on, out would come all the rainwater that you needed to splash off your bare feet before opening the squeaky screen door and running inside. (laughs) Now, inside the cabin, inside camp, uh, there were no rooms. It was just one big room. Uh, It had a kitchen table in the middle, two full-size beds in the corners, a sofa, and a couple of chairs. The room was finished off with an old refrigerator, a stove, a small black-and-white TV, yes, with rabbit ears, (laughs) and, uh, oh yeah, the stuffed deer head that was mounted above the fireplace. To a boy like me, it was heaven on earth. The open field around the cabin provided plenty of room to play all sorts of games. Badminton, horseshoes, wiffle ball, kickball, croquet. We threw lawn darts. Nobody got hurt, I promise. Real darts, baseballs, and frisbees. We hit golf balls and shot pellet guns. Nobody got hurt, I promise. We would... uh, ride motorized mini bikes around and yeah when i was about 14 years old i got to drive our little small car around the grounds and nobody got hurt <laughs> at camp i learned to cook on a grill start a fire in a fireplace roast marshmallows over a bonfire and around that bonfire to sing down by the old 
old mill stream where I first met you. Of course, my favorite way to sing it was down by the old, not the new mill stream, not the river, but the stream where I first, not last, but first met you. (laughs) Thanks, Bert Shea. (laughs) He's the one that taught me how to sing that song. But I would uh, jump in mud puddles during heavy rains, and I learned uh, how pork and beans taste so good beside a cheeseburger on a paper plate. But for all of that, what camp was really all about was the river, Coal River. During my early years, the river was still deep enough that we could ski or waterboard behind a boat. We fished, we jumped and dived off a dock. We waded in from the beach. Uh, We would reach down to the sandy bottom of the river and pick up loose coal that had been dumped into the river by coal companies somewhere upstream, thus the name Coal River. The small flat uh, pieces of coal made the most wonderful skipping stones, and the really big ones we saved and burned in the fireplace during winter. Most of all, we would just swim, and swim, and swim, and swim. We swam so much, I'm surprised we didn't turn into a bunch of fish. And in the summer, the river was the best place to wash off the dirt and grime of our busy days of play. There was one problem, though, with bathing in the river. The soap. Now, back in that day, we only had bar soap. There was no liquid soap. There was no body wash. And the problem with most bar soaps is that they would sink to the bottom of the river if you, you know, dropped dropped that bar of soap while you were trying to take that bath. And because the river has a current, the soap would never sink straight down. The current would take it downstream. So if you dropped the soap, it was gone forever, never to be seen again. It was just gone. But there was one saving grace when it came to soap and taking a bath in the river, and that was ivory soap. Because you know what is the greatest thing about ivory soap in bar form? It floats on top of the water. It floats on top of the water. So what we did was we used the current of the river and ivory soap to our advantage. Here's how it worked. We would lather up really good with the ivory soap, and then we would throw that bar of soap upstream, duck completely under the water, and rinse off all the soap, suds and everything. And by the time we popped back up for air, that ivory, that bar of ivory soap would be floating by at just the right time. We'd just pluck it up out of the river and done, and soap in hand. <laughs> you see, at our camp in Coal River, there was one thing and one thing only that worked when it came to washing the dirt of the day from our bodies. Ivory soap. There was nothing else like it. Ivory soap was exactly what we needed to make us clean. It was perfect. In that way, it was a lot like Easter. Because when it comes to washing off the dirt of sin from our lives, from our souls, from our spirits, there's nothing else like Jesus. At Easter. Jesus rising from the empty tomb on Easter morning is exactly what we needed to make us clean. 
left for dead inside that tomb only a few days before, the Jesus of the empty tomb, the Jesus of Easter, is perfect. So perfect, as a matter of fact, that nothing else, no one else, anywhere, anytime, will do or can do what he does. He gives us a way to be eternally saved and in the presence of God forever. It's available only through the Jesus of Easter. I like the way Paul put it when he wrote a letter to the Philippians. He said, Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So let me ask you, are you standing in the cold river of sin today? You don't need to reach for ivory soap. You need to reach for the Jesus of Easter. Only he can wash you completely clean, and he'll do it from the inside out. This concludes today's episode of Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. Did you know when Jesus was preaching and teaching, he never used words like justification, sanctification, glorification. He never used words like those to describe himself, God, God's Word, salvation, heaven, or eternity. Instead, when Jesus talked about theological concepts, he talked about the small stuff of life. We call them parables today. He did that because his listeners could understand the small stuff. They were living the small stuff every day. It was through the small stuff that Jesus helped people move closer to God. There are going to be no intimidating, scary, or overwhelming theological words as part of this podcast. You'll just encounter things like cups of coffee, home repair, signs on the side of the road, roller coasters, and french fries, all revealing something unique about God who meets you in real life ways every day. Thank you.